held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. someone you know has a child with autism in their family, answers and support can be hard to come by. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We will offer practical information for parents of children of all ages, as well as explore treatment topics and recent research related to autism. Now, here is this week's host. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. I am the Vice President of Business Development at Autism Spectrum Therapies, an agency that provides uh, autism services to individuals along the spectrum of all ages um, across the country. Uh, I'm also a board-certified behavior analyst with over 10 years' experience uh, working with individuals on the spectrum, primarily providing ABA services. Um, so sorry that we didn't have a, a new show for you guys last week. I'm sure some of you tuning in were probably thinking, you know, Rob probably just got a, a head start on the holiday. Uh, and I kind of did, but I, I didn't quite. Uh, I actually was uh, out of town last week. Um, I flew up to Seattle to work with our team up there. Um, we ended up having our uh, quarterly all-staff training in the region, and it just so happened that Tuesday was the best day. And despite a nice, beautiful office with a, a nice facility for us to actually see some kids in the clinic and, and do a few different services, uh, cell connection and internet is sometimes a little shoddy. And those were uh, two of the rainier days I've experienced in, in quite a long time when I was up in Seattle. Uh, I did actually get to spend some family time, which was pretty cool because I do have an aunt and uncle who live up there. And we did get to have a, a Tuesday night dinner together and really uh, have a little pre-Thanksgiving uh, entertainment and fun since uh, they weren't going to be with us down here in California. But the real reason I brought up my quarterly staff meeting is that I was really able to participate in this awesome conversation. And, you know, in the last few weeks, I've been talking to you guys about things that have been happening to me. And for the most part, I've been talking about stuff that has happened with parents. And, you know, this week, I just I had this great just thought of this conversation I had with my small team in Seattle, you know, a small group of practitioners, some of them BCBA, some of them providing the direct intervention. And we talked about what services look like, not on a given day or in a given week, but we talked about services from the standpoint of of the life of an individual um, over the long haul, over a long period of time. And, you know, the thing that a lot of them had in their mind is there's a start and there's an end. And, and that's how long you get services for whatever service they are, ABA, speech, OT, et cetera. And, and that's it. You start, you go for as long as you can, and then you end. And the concept that we really talked about was that th that doesn't have to be that way and, and it shouldn't be that way if we are really tailoring services to the individual if we're really looking at the person and saying what are your needs they're always going to change and needs are always going to change and there's nothing wrong with going through services for a little while addressing the needs taking a break and then starting up again maybe a year later two years later Three years later, uh, you know, I was sharing with them the story of a, a young man who I worked with who took three years off. 
And mom called me up and said, hey, I, I want to resume services. Um, and we went out and we looked at everything new and we, we did in fact resume services, but they look completely different. They were tailored to what he needed right then and there. And the big change that happened in his life, which happens for all, every kid, is puberty. We ended services before puberty and we started back up after. And now our goals were focusing in on not just conversational social skills, but really interacting with people on a, on a different level, dealing with some of the peer pressures um, and the bullying of middle school, dealing with some of the interactions that he was having um, with girls because there was an interest in girls, uh, looking at uh, self-help in a whole new way with a whole new set of privacy in mind. And, and my team and I got to have this conversation and that's what we focused on. Um, the idea of the lifespan and that services for a two-year-old aren't going to look like what they look like for an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old and an 18-year-old. But that doesn't mean I need to go all the way from two to 18 to provide those services. And, and the other really interesting thing that we talked about, and, and this was you know, not by any, any plan or, or not intended to be a conversation, but I, in this meeting, I'm sitting next to this really amazing uh, young woman who is telling me about what her goals are. And she really loves being an ABA therapist and an interventionist. But she said, yeah, I really want to get into genetics. I want to look at genetic research. And she had this whole plan. And she said, but I want to be an ABA person now because I want to focus on autism with genetics. And I want to look at aspects of autism. And I want to know what it's like to truly work with a child, not just for a month or in a classroom, but truly provide intervention and, and really focus therapy. And I thought that was really cool. And we then started this whole other conversation of not everyone has to know right then and there, right today, this is going to be my life. This is ABA is what I'm about. If anything, there's value in doing a few different things. Um, you know, I had this great opportunity when I was actually an undergrad in college to work with uh, senior citizens who all had varying diagnoses. Uh, they were all different type of uh, mental diagnoses. Some of them had schizophrenia. Some of them had bipolar disorder. Uh, and there was a few others there. And I was working with them to transition from the hospital setting into a group home setting. And that really helped me and got exposure for me of social skills, community interaction, daily living skills. And learning the process of teaching that gave me another perspective when I started working with adults on the autism spectrum. And I, I shared this story with them and felt the same way is to be have an OT background and then get into ABA or to have an ABA background and then get to speech therapy. All of this is really important and can really go a long way to help the individual uh, and help this young professional be better, but not just be better today, better for the future and that they could really come together and be a more collaborative team down the road when they do go into their other field or their other profession. So just a couple of tidbits, just really interesting conversations. It was, like I said, it was just really uh, very thought provoking for me all, all throughout Thanksgiving to, to think about this and, and to reflect back on these conversations because 
in the room, I had probably 15 years difference of, of staff between, you know, some of my newer uh, behavior interventionists, some of our more seasoned supervisors, um, me, myself having my experience. And it was just really great to, to get everyone's perspectives because I think that is what's really going to shape the therapy we provide. And for any parents out there, you know, knowing the perspectives of your staff and getting to know them, um, not so much to say you've had this experience versus that experience and this one's bad and this one's good, but instead to be able to really uh, take a second to say, I get their perspective. I see where they're coming from. I see what experiences they can draw from and how can that help my child's program be better. So today's show, well, today's show is really continuing to focus in on the idea of targeted interventions, individual interventions. Uh, our topic today is really along the lines of social skills. And our guest is someone who I think really looks at social skills from a very unique perspective. Um, I think sometimes we have this really focused, really pinpoint idea of what social skills should be. I know it's a topic that everyone who works with kids with autism talks about all the time, parents talk about all the time. But it's actually one that I think gets misunderstood sometimes. I think sometimes we think, okay, this is social skills. Therefore, I've just defined what we want to work on. But I think social skills is just this massively broad topic that really covers a lot. And we use the word sometimes without understanding almost where on the spectrum of social skills are we working in terms of goals, in terms of um, I guess, therapeutic settings, uh, or even just kind of what kind of activities do we want to use to target these social skills? Um, and so our guest today um, has a way of looking at it that I think is unique, that isn't being done all the time. But if you've been watching the news, if you've been following uh, even HBO documentaries, I, I think you'll know who my guest is and have a pretty good sense of, of her point of view. Um, because this week we're going to talk with Elaine Hall, who is the founder of the Miracle Project, and uh, which was featured on Autism the Musical a few years back on a, a fantastic HBO documentary. So with that, I am going to actually lead you guys into a, a little bit of a break because I've been rambling for a bit and I still have a lot more to say, but I want to give you guys a chance to kind of take it all in, give Elaine an opportunity to really... Uh, start fresh and not have to be right up against a commercial break. So when we get back from this commercial break, we'll talk a little bit more about social skills and some of the different ways it could be targeted and just some of the different settings and, and opportunities there are for kids with autism. So we'll be right back after this. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. 
Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio, everybody. Uh, I'm your host, Rob Haupt. I hope you got a, a couple minutes to really digest all the information I threw at you. Uh, like I said, I had a lot, a lot of downtime and a lot of time to think about uh, some, some cool interactions. And uh, we're, we're going to tackle a subject that I, I'm really excited to talk about. I don't think we've talked about it on the show since I've been hosting. Um, but as I said, my, my guest this week is Elaine Hall. And um, the New York Times has referenced her as the child whisperer. And she was a, a top Hollywood children's acting coach whose life changed dramatically after her son, Neil, who was adopted from a Russian orphanage, was diagnosed with autism. Uh, when traditional behavior therapies didn't work, she, shot, she sought the advice of uh, Dr. Stanley Greenspan, who encouraged her to rally creative people to join Neil's world. And he slowly emerged out of his isolation. Uh, Elaine then developed these methods to train staff and volunteers and created The Miracle Project, the theater and film social skills program, which was profiled in the Emmy-winning HBO documentary Autism the Musical. A media personality, she has appeared on CNN, CBS, Oprah Radio, Autism Radio, and featured in the LA Times, New York Times, as well as the Wall Street Journal. Her memoir, Now I See the Moon, was chosen for the World Autism Awareness Day at the United Nations, where she has spoken several times. Uh, Elaine and her team are now launching the Miracle Project nationally with locations at Vista Del Mar and the Help Group here in Los Angeles, as well as a location at the 92nd Street Y in New York City. Through a grant with the CVS Caremark All Kids Can, she is training educators and therapists in the Miracle Project in the schools program in San Jose as well as San Diego. Elaine has received numerous honors for her work and was recently nominated by the Los Angeles Magazine as one of Los Angeles's 50 Most Inspiring Women. Elaine, welcome to the show. Wow, thank you, Rob. Thank you for that uh, uh, overwhelming introduction. That was very kind. Thank you. Well, I, I want to give you your due because I think the the stuff you've done is really cool. And it, it's funny, I was I remember sitting a, a couple years ago, I was at this uh, really great conference put on by uh, Autism New Jersey. And the presenter was talking about grants and um, different things that were being done across the country. And my my ears perked up when I heard Los Angeles. I was like, oh, what's going on in L.A. that won this awesome award? And, of course, it was the Miracle Project. And it, I had that like, that makes perfect sense because I, I know firsthand, having worked with some of our clients in, in the project, how great it was for them and uh, how much they gained from the, the experiences. So it's a uh, notoriety you guys deserve. 
Thank you. Thank you. I wonder if that was a Daniel Jordan Fiddle Foundation. I think it, I, it exactly. That's exactly what it was. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. wonderful. They they do such great work. They, and uh, it was really cool for me because I'm sitting there and I'm right after I heard them mention the Miracle Project, they actually mentioned uh, the New England Center for Children, which is where I used to work when I was living in Massachusetts. Uh, so I felt this real connection to the foundation, even though this was the first time I had uh, been exposed to them. I was just like, wow. I know this group. I know that group. Uh, that group, the New England side, I knew intimately. And it just, you know, I, I could tell right away, wow, they pick really deserving projects and really Thank deserving you. things. So Thank you so much. Well, you know, I, I, I've been exposed to the project through living in Los Angeles. And I, I know a lot of folks out there have probably seen the, the documentary, which is amazing. And I know a lot of my family have, have seen it. And some of my family members, it was like they're Besides me, it was probably like their second introduction into the world of autism. Um, what for those out here who aren't familiar with it, can you tell us a little bit about like what the Miracle Project is all about? Sure, sure. The Miracle Project is a creative arts social skills program, and it's fully included. And when we say fully included, we we work, we play <laughs> with kids of all abilities, teens and young adults. And uh, we pair everyone with typically developing peer role models using music, dance, acting, art, all kinds of creative explorations in a, um, a collaborative class. So the kids come in and sing and dance and act. We have nonverbal teens. We have uh, highly verbal kids. We process information together as a group. And through that, we create an original musical that is performed in live to standing ovation audiences every year. And we've been doing it for seven years now. So it's, um, it's social skills to me in its highest form because we don't teach kids to walk up to someone and say, hi, my name is Joe. Instead, mm -hmm. they have a peer who comes up to them and says, hi, my name is Joe. And next thing, next week, it's mirrored just by relating in a positive way with typically developing peers. I really like, you know, you touched on something that I definitely want to talk more about in the show is this idea of I feel like you get this image of social skills and it's you do have the sense of, OK, I'm going to work on this. We start with eye contact. Then we work on introductions. Then we work on ending a conversation. Then we do exchanges. But sometimes it feels very forced. It feels very overly rehearsed versus some of what you were talking about um, and performance being such a high end of the social skill spectrum. Yes, we have kids who come in, some who have never been in a social situation before, and we may have a student who hides under the table as soon as they come. Well, we'll have a volunteer go under the table with that student and relate to them in their world first, and by joining their world first, gradually we find that every student starts to merge and become part of our group. We had mm -hmm. one student who we found loved to draw, so we would bring our, our materials so that he could draw in class, and every time he would make eye contact, we'd say, wow, Jonathan, you're looking at us, and then he would go back to his work, and the, the seconds turned into minutes, turned into where he was able to participate in the entire class, and he jumped up and said, hey, I'm looking at you. 
but wow. it was from really positive emotional experiences and and including the kids and the teens and the young adults at their level and their abilities so that they naturally progressively become part of the group and is that how you know one of my questions was going to be for you is it seems like a very abstract um the arts all of the acting performing a show seems like a lot of advanced skills for the entire spectrum, as you said, are, are welcome at the Miracle Project. So is that how you you get everyone at uh, to participate effectively is bringing it to their level with that peer? Absolutely. We meet every participant at their level of ability. So um, no matter no matter what, I mean, again, we've had kids who are nonverbal who may come through the entire class and um, barely participate, but they come back every single year, and that same student is now singing solos. Mm-hmm. We have one um, a young woman, uh, woman. She's a young lady. She's 13 years old, and she um, just mouths the words without any sound during class. But then she'll go in the restroom afterwards and sing every song that's wow. off her lungs, and be- with a beautiful voice. And we know. One year, two years, one month, she's going to be someone who's going to be singing with us. Uh, a lot of our young adults that we have working with us have never they've, – they've been looked over. And if they don't gather certain movement abilities at a young age, it's just assumed that they're never going to be able to do that. Like take something like a simple skip. Mm-hmm. We have 10, 11, 12-year-olds who don't know how to skip. So the movement is using a lot of brain gym exercises and crossing the midline and really helping them get inside their bodies so that eventually we're able to teach a skip. And from teaching a skip, they're able to do all kinds of movements to last night we taught a full box step, dance choreography, everybody moving together as a group. So we're doing what is seemingly impossible, but when broken down into small incremental uh, tasks, everything is possible. When I like, you know, the, the part of this that the, the behavior analyst in me kind of like jumps out at right away is, you know, besides the breaking things down into small steps, I just love the the group component. It's, yes. you know, like my big, the thing that I, the thing I always come to with any social skills program is how do we generalize? How do we, how do we move this forward? Because that's, that's such a big problem with every child on the spectrum is generalization. But to do something in a big group like that, to like what you described, we're all dancing and we're all chore- to a choreographed routine, that's got to go a long way, I would, I would assume. Yes, I'm exactly. And I have to say, I think AST is one of the best programs <laughs> there is. And I'm not just saying Thank that because I'm talking to you. I've told I was going to say, don't just say that because you're with me. You guys, I mean, you're, you're really phenomenal in what you do. And, and it's true. Um, it, the, but really, every modality works within the structure of the group. So if someone yeah. has a behavioral orientation or a developmental orientation, it doesn't really matter because there is that group dynamic. So we made, there might be, we also allow each child, each, each participant to do their STEM. 
So they are allowed, they're permitted, they're encouraged, they're accepted to, if they flap their hands, we give part of the class where they can flap all the way across the floor, and we'll accompany that flapping with music. And then they take a bow, and we applaud that so that their natural, um, something that they may naturally do to calm themselves instead of negating it only in this environment allows them that freedom of expression. And first comes self acceptance and mm-hmm. self-awareness and then mm-hmm. become self-advocacy and confidence and with confidence you can generalize if you can feel good in your own skin in one environment that gives the ability to generalize into multi-environments what happens we have one of our students is um very challenged with, with, with her autism, but she learned how to sing and be part of a group, and she's in uh, mainstream in her choir. We have another um, student who uh, could was thrown out of every single acting class he was ever in in the typical world, but became a lead and a star in our program and is now able to mainstream in his in his um, school, getting lead roles in his school productions. So part of it is just being in an environment of complete self-acceptance and nurturing and love of who they are with all of their isms. I like to say typical is overrated. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is and typical, we'll right? Turn it into dance. We'll turn those movements into dance, and then it is generalized. Well, I think you know. I mean, you you touched on a lot of things, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on the big topic I want to hit, which is the confidence piece, because that that's where I really envisioned you and I spending a good amount of time today. But I think it's really cool what you said about sometimes it's okay to stem. I mean, I I, I tell the story to a lot of parents of. I worked with this young man who was mainstreamed in gen ed all day, and for the entire day of school, he did not stim whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But the moment he came home, he would go upstairs, he would close his door, and he would stim for a good 45 minutes to an hour straight because he just – eventually it bottled up, and he, he was coping, and he needed to get out of the system. And you know, from what you were describing, like I remember – I took a couple – I did a couple of plays when I was in college, and I remember um, the different acting routines or I guess the warm-up exercises we did where it was like – it was, and that's what you brought back to my head as you were talking is like, okay, I'm going to do something and everyone else is going to imitate and follow me or like the different type of tag activities in terms of the things we were saying or doing. And I can envision that and that idea of this is a safe place to be silly, to get some of this – out of your system, but do it in a safe way where everyone here understands and appreciates, and it builds up the confidence, as you were describing. Yes, exactly. And and like your young man who needed to stim when he gets, got home, think of it, all of us. We yeah. hold it together all day long, right, in our work environment, and when we get home, we may just veg or you know, right. have our own stems. We all stem in some way. And and what if when we got home, people were telling us we couldn't do that, you know? Um, it, it would it would be our own um, inability to to feel good and to feel safe and to be relaxed. So that's exactly it, Rob. That's exactly. Oh, you don't you don't, we, you don't need to tell me. One step forward, we may take yeah. that flapping and exactly that mirror exercise from acting. That's exactly right. And then we may turn that flapping into everybody becoming birds. And and mm. flapping around the room and you know turning it into an extraordinary dance. 
So, and then they get that confidence so that they are then able to learn complex choreography like the box step. Mm. Well, I, I think this is a perfect time for us to take a break because we've got some commercials we've got to air. But when we come back, I do want to talk more about this idea of confidence and, and I think how powerful it is and, and what you're doing and, and what a lot of the social skill groups uh, can and should be doing out there. So when we come back, we'll talk more with Elaine Hall about uh, the Miracle Project and, and confidence. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, I'm Rob Haupt, your host, and I'm joined by Elaine Hall, the founder of the Miracle Project and the director of the Vista Inspire program. Um, Elaine, right before the break, we were talking about confidence and it's, you know, I, I think me being, having a, an ABA background, we, we try and operationally define every skill and confidence is one that's obviously very hard to define, but I've, over the last few years working with some adolescents and some teenagers, I'm just amazed by how much confidence, uh, changes their behaviors. It's it's not that they didn't have the skills, but that trepidation of the social situations. And I was reminded of this just recently, and it and it really came back to me when we were preparing for this show to talk to you. Is this young girl who I've worked with for about a year? Um, she's about eleven or twelve, and she performed at her talent show. And ever since she got up on stage and sang for her classmates and for the school. It's like working with a different person. It was like a switch. Mm-hmm. And now she's she has to turn down the boys. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. She's she's at that early dating age and she's just like, no, I don't like that boy. No, this guy's not right for me. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a girl who kept her head down when I met her and wouldn't look at you in the eye. And now she's just this this rock star in, in her setting and in her world. And it's, I think the biggest thing that changed was the confidence. Oh, Rob, that's so beautiful. And it, it, it draws me to think of a couple different things. Um, one, I, I also am privileged to uh, – I created and, and now co-direct with uh, Rabbi Jackie Redner a bar mm-hmm. mitzvah, religious education program for kids on the spectrum. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. 
And we have um, been fortunate to, to experience bar and bat mitzvahs from every range, from nonverbal to highly verbal kids. And I've heard in, in, the, in the Jewish tradition that when you are ex- participating and you're reading, you know, from the Torah, which is you know the five books of Moses, mm-hmm. that you you gain an extra soul. An extra soul comes into your being. And I have to tell you, when I look at the pictures of these kids, I see that extra soul in their being. And the confidence, that sense of responsibility, that sense of accomplishment that every single one of these kids have experienced by participating in this bar and bat, their bar bat mitzvah, it's transformational. Um, I write in, in my book, Now I See the Moon, I write about my own son, Neil, nonverbal autistic, the first bar mitzvah, and he is nonverbal. So he typed his bar mitzvah speech, and he used a device to uh, such a technology for his prayers. And to be oh, wow. able to be in front of 200 people with pure um, sense of love and acceptance for who he was as an individual has been profound. Mm. Uh, he's now speaking at the Tash conference on Friday. Oh, is he? Using his device. That's um, awesome. He presents now. I, he pre- we present together. He's pre- presenting with another young man, Jacob Artson. Um, he helps to lead workshops. And he typed something the other day. It was so profound where that he used to, when people stared at him, he used to feel that they were judging him and there was something wrong with him. But now he knows it's their lack of knowledge and that he sees himself as an emissary to share with people what is autism and who he is. So he's developed that sense of confidence that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and we see it again, like what you said, when our kids perform in front of a live audience, these are mm-hmm. kids that, you know, had, had people were judging them. People used to give them weird looks. That sense of pride, that sense of accomplishment, that sense of I can do it carries with them the rest of their lives. You know, and I wonder, is that something, you know, and, and I struggle with this when I look at the social skill programs that, that we offer and the ones that I refer people to is, do they need to have, or should we do, obviously we have to tailor everything to the person's level, like we were talking about before, but right. is, does there need to be this opportunity on whatever scale to kind of almost have like a final, not project, but event, whether it be a performance. I mean, you know, as I'm even saying this, I'm thinking of this little kid who I met him and I thought he was at a certain communicative level. But the moment I put him next to another little boy who didn't know how to play Lego Batman on the Xbox, mm-hmm. I've never heard him speak so much in my entire I in a year of knowing him, this was the most I've ever heard him speak. He was teaching this kid every single move, how to use the joystick, where to go. And I was like, this is a new kid. I've never seen this before. And I wonder do, do our social skill programs, it feels like you always have to you end up on a the ends of the spectrum. It's okay, this is more of an arts program, this is more of a teaching program, but can they be more blended and, and can there be an opportunity to bring these kind of two different ends together? Um, I, I just feel like we don't always see that. I love that. I mean, what, what we do is after kids have been through our program, they then become volunteers 
in our beginning love program. It. I so love that. It's a constant sense of giving back. And we have something called the Inspired Teens at Vista Del Mar, and it's, it's um, a, a group of teens combined, 50% kids with special needs, 50% neurotypical, and they raise awareness and funds, and the board of teens is um, half kids with special needs and half neurotypical, so that we're constantly giving back and yeah. being of service. And I think what you're saying is right on. We have a young man who had a lot of severe behavioral challenges, and he is now a volunteer and is one of the best volunteers in our class. And, well, and I like, he knows it inside out. He knows what a behavior challenge is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and so. it's so funny you mentioned that. We actually had a, a guest on the show a few weeks back, maybe a month or two ago, who did research on teaching young adults with autism to be behavior therapists for ABA mm. programs. Wow. And she found that the students that they were teaching were learning the skills and the individuals on the spectrum who are acting as the interventionists learned the skills or, or learned the skills of running uh, the discrete trial teaching they were doing. That's and beautiful. It's the same thing. She's like, yeah. they understood it because they went through it. They could yeah. relate. They could relate to the person sitting across the table from them. So it's it's the same idea. I think that's really cool. I, I, I love that. I think that's phenomenal. And it really goes into where disability awareness and advocacy, and I consider myself an activist, is going in, in, in this, um, you know, this decade and where, where we're leading towards is, you know, it's the nothing about us without us in terms of learning what those with autism need from those with autism mm -hmm. and having the experts being those with autism, who can mm -hmm. better learn, who can better teach than someone who's experienced it themselves. And so we, we actually, at the Miracle Project, we have a panel of teens who, and young adults who not only perform, but they present. Like I said, we have panelists. Um, yeah. uh, my son, Neil, Neil Katz presents. Ito uh, Kidar just has a book out now called Ito and Autism Land. Oh, and does he really? He's verbal autistic, and he presents... Um, we have highly verbal kids share about what it feels like to have people make fun of them, how, you know, we talk about the terms high-functioning and low-functioning. And when you think about it, I, my, my second book was called that Seven Keys to Unlock Autism. Mm -hmm. And I write in that that we're all high-functioning in some environments and low-functioning in others. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a super creative person. Now put me in a high, you know, a, a high tech environment that where I have to, um, to use a computer in, 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 you know, specific technological ways. And I am extremely low functioning. So we're all high functioning and low functioning in different environments. So letting those of us that are able to give our gifts in any way, um, is going to, again, go back to increase confidence and um, bring out the best in both the teacher and the student. I think I, this idea of service, this idea of these kids, you know, you talked about it, the, the kids who become the volunteers at the program, the kids who now are kind of this advisory role, um, and even the bar mitzvah. I mean, the bar mitzvah in the Jewish community is a service in a way as well, as much as it's about you yourself um, and the feelings you have and, and the pride and the confidence, um, having gone through the process myself, it's 
you know, it is as much about giving back to the community. It's taking this step into the community for the community, continuing this this rite of passage for, of generations and generations and generations. Um, but I think that's what it is. I think that's like that's the thing that really resonates from from this conversation is the service. Like we have a, a couple of teens who come and speak to our staff as well. You know, actually, one of them is going to be speaking in the next day or two where he's gone through services. He has gone through uh, a few different types of services, not just ABA. And we, we actually don't have him just come and say, well, how's AST doing or what, what could be better about ABA therapy? He talks to us about his life. Um, and he's been hounding me to be on this show. And I, I, he finally wore me down because I, I was reluctant to have him on right away. But then I kind of thought about it. No, this, this will be your confidence moment. He yeah. he loves theater. He loves acting. He's been in plays as well, and he's he's great at it. Um, but I think that's a big part. It's I wonder I wonder if we focus enough on creating opportunities for individuals on the spectrum to then be a service to not just future peer or their peers or people who are going to go through. Um, therapy or, or have similar life experiences, but to us as professionals, let us learn more from you. Let's hear about your experiences, not always to say we're doing something right or we're doing something wrong, but so we can get you, we can get your perspective now that you can, you've learned everything to be able to articulate it. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's essential to hear the voices of those that we serve so that we yeah. can serve better and so that they can be of service. And I mean, when you think about it, how do we, I mean, you know, why do we choose the profession that we choose? Because how great it makes us feel to be of service. That's a good you know, point. You've dedicated your life, your professional life, to being of service. I've dedicated my professional life to being of service. And, you know, it's, the hours we put in a day come out to minimum wage, you know. Right, <laughs> we can be right. Paid, we can be paid twice, three, four, five times as much in a different right. kind, of, kind of profession, but because of what it, how it feels. Now imagine if we were always being given two and not being able to give back. And mm -hmm. so that's why I think it's really essential for um, and why part of the Miracle Project and our, our Bar and Bat Mitzvah confirmation program, Neskadol, is about being of service. Like um, on, uh, on next Monday, we're going to be going to a senior center and celebrating Hanukkah. We've gone to a food bank. Um, we've done a program uh, where we've cleaned up the ocean and cleaned up the beach. And so it, it makes it, it's like we all feel good from being of service. And I do feel that it's something that's um, that is, is is could be a wonderful part of all social skills programs, and to do that with another community, so that we're not doing an isolation. I believe right. in reverse mainstreaming in the beginning, so that our kids can learn organically social skills, and then the second part is being in community, in an accepting an accepting, loving community. Um, we just received a grant from the uh, Jewish Community Foundation to uh, to teach inclusion in, in, in synagogues, and nice. um, but to create a compassionate, loving community so that our teens and young adults can be of service but be accepted for who they are. Well, I think that's a great place for us to stop, take a break. We've got some commercials we've got to air, and then we'll come back with a few more minutes to uh, get some final thoughts with uh, Elaine Hall.
helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, We're in our final segment, kind of closing thoughts with uh, Elaine Hall, the founder of The Miracle Project. Um, Elaine, I had one more confidence question for you, Um, and it actually has to do with the flip side. From what you've seen, are you finding that with with the kids starting to be of service, with the kids you're working with getting up on stage, them exhibiting more confidence, how is this affecting their parents' confidence? Well, we have a real positive parent support group as part of the Miracle Project where they get to focus on what's right with their kid and what what exciting things our kids are doing. And the parents are actually part of our production. So they help out with um, sets and costumes and props and help raise money because, of course, we're always fundraising <laughs> to keep right. the programs going. So the parents get a, set, a chance to see their child in an entirely different light when someone greets them at the door rather than saying, well, my gosh, you know, uh, Carrie threw over a chair today. And instead they're greeted with, you would not believe how much Carrie shared her voice today in class. So it's very nurturing for the parents as well. And um, speaking as a mom myself, I, you know, I, 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 this is the first time I saw Neil on stage was profound for me as a mom. You know, in, in, in Autism the Musical, he walks on stage carrying a sign. And just that little bit was a sense of hope. And I think what we do provide is that hope that our lives are different when we're parenting a child with special needs, but our lives can be happy and fulfilled and joyous, and we're not isolated, we can have a community, and we can share joy. And what what does any parent want than to see their child happy and to experience that connection and that joy? I I love that you guys take the second to talk about what's what's awesome about my kid. I mean, because there's, having done this and and done this for so many years, there are there are some kids who I've worked with who are on the spectrum who are some of the funniest kids I've ever worked with. They're some of the funniest people I've ever met. They just, they still make me laugh. I mean, you and I know a couple of kids in common uh, who I think we've both worked with and a couple of them, 
just thinking about some of my situations with them and things they've said and done and acted out, I just, I still laugh on the spot. And that's not something we always think about with kids with autism is sense of humor and personality and that style or, and probably all the other things that parents are able to look at. I, I think that's just a great opportunity to say what's well, just great. Cause you're right. It's different. It's, it's, it's a different life. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Neil has typed that, uh, that one of his gifts is his sense of humor. And, nice. um, and I found, and I, I write about this in, in Now I See the Moon, mm-hmm. how my life is enriched so profoundly for being gifted, a child like Neil, and the opportunity to be around all my friends with autism. One of my best friends is um, Dr. Stephen Shore, an adult with autism who, who mm-hmm. teaches in, at Adelphi University about autism. Um, my life is enriched profoundly, and I don't want to negate that there are tremendous challenges, but because of phenomenal programs like AST, and, and you know, fortunately, you know, the, the programs where I work and um, that house the Miracle Project, we're able to be in very supportive communities, and, um, and we can celebrate together the gifts and the joys and the quirkiness of, of those with autism. Well, Elaine, I really want to thank you for being on the show today. You know, one of the things that I know I started to tell you over the break, but I want everyone else to hear this as well, because I think it's it's what's great about the dialogue we've had is, you know, I, I don't think if if we get down to every philosophy and everything, I don't you and I would probably disagree on a fair amount. We'd agree on a fair amount. But I, I know you and I have such similar vision of what the autism community will be should be like and what we can bring to it and how we can improve and whether it be services or goals for our kids or our adults, that those little things don't matter. And, and that's actually was my, my first experience personally with, with the Miracle Project was just that. And, and you shared it earlier was welcoming us in to say, hey, you guys got to do your behavior plan. I know it works for this kid. So we're going to fit you in. We're going to make you part of the project, fit you in, blend what we're doing together to make it work for this kid. And Absolutely. That's exactly it, Rob. Every child is an individual. Yeah. And so some may need one type of therapy. Some may need another type of therapy. And what we do at the Miracle Project is we include everything. Mm-hmm. So what works, I mean, I know, you know, we share one student in particular who needed very intensive therapy yep. and, and a one-on-one. And now he is solo, man. He's like rocking. He, he is because amazing. Because of the incredible work that, that, that he's done, he's chosen to do, but yep. because of your guidance and support. Of of him and he needed that and and I think that's it you know and that's what you know my fr- my adult friends with autism have taught me is that there's no one size fits all approach and that students need one thing at one time in their life and something else in another time in their life just like we all do yeah everyone's an individual and so I think that's one of the things that that the Miracle Project does is we embrace all protocols from so that um, whatever works for that student at that time, we're going to support that and help enrich that so they can be the best that they can be. And I, and I think the other we thing, both agree on exactly what you said. We both agree and it's, on that. And it's the dialogue. And I think that's, yeah. I, to me as a professional, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing that I've always appreciated is that the fact that we have a dialogue will lead us. We agree on where we're going. We want the best for this kid. Now we're going to have a dialogue. We'll get there. 
Yes. Because like that's the key. And I think exactly. sometimes I find that not everyone is – some people are afraid of that dialogue. And I think these types of – you know, one of the reasons why I, I host this show, one of the reasons why we do this is to keep these dialogues going, not just with someone who, okay, great, we have the exact same point of view. Let's talk about what we agree on and then both be on our soapbox with one another. But let's talk about, hey, I have this different experience from you that you don't have. I mean I – I did one play in college, um, but I love the idea of drama and theater for kids on the spectrum with social skills. You have this amazing perspective. I want to learn from you. I want to hear what you're doing. I want to find out how I can make what I do better, and I'm sure working with you guys, it's vice versa. It's beautiful. We love working with, with AST. So I want to invite you to come to the Miracle Project, and we have classes in West L.A. on Mondays and Wednesdays and on Thursdays in the Valley. And um, visit us. Uh, you can come to our website, themiracleproject.com, the, oh, org. pardon me, themiracleproject.org, to get more information, um, as well as we have our Sunday Bar Bat Mitzvah program so, uh, at Vista Del Mar. So please come join us and play with us. And for your listeners, um, happy to take uh, more, you know, emails or questions that you might have about the Miracle Project, you can come to our website and, and learn more about us. Um, the, the two books, so one is Now I See the Moon, which is my story, and then also Seven Keys to Unlock Autism. And then we also have a CD of music recorded by um, kids with autism with celebrity artists. So please um, friend me on Facebook, and uh, um, I look forward to more collaborations with you, Robin, at, at AST. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone out there, um, if you're interested in the project, definitely recommend you reaching out to Elaine uh, through the website, because obviously, as you heard, it's a uh, they're branching out and there be in a few new areas. I'm excited to bring New York. That's where I'm from and my family is still at. Um, anyone else up there, uh, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Um, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I know I definitely did. Um, as always, if you have questions, feel free to email me at moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, as you know, all of our shows are saved and can be accessed on our website as well as the uh, Voice America website. Um, so if you've got show out there, you want to listen to this one, you get a second chance. It's almost like a podcast. Um, have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving. Look forward to talking to everyone next week with a brand new show. Take care. We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week.